cold week. A warm welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I'm Glenn Kubish in snowy Edmonton. The furnace is on. To keep the noticing equipment from seizing up, I try each week to think about three things that left behind signs of happiness or gratitude. The snow is good for seeing those tracks. This week, number one, fables. I was lying on the living room couch in, if not quite pain, then at least unease as Sheila, bending over under the lamp, sterilized needle in her hand, face set in determination, pricked the sole of my right foot. For days, I had limped around with a sliver in the ball of my foot. I had to modify my walk down the stairs to footfall on the heel. Pedaling was a pain. Sheila, though, is an accomplished Sliversmith, and after a minute of come on already, she got it. What do you think it was? Like a could be anything. Like a piece of wood. It's very small, so it's hard to know. Let's take a look. We took a look, and there was almost well nothing to see. This sliver that had come close to incapacitating me was, as I looked at it on a piece of blank paper, thinner than the one-eighth inch notch on a tape measure. Felt slightly mortified, but Sheila made the reasonable point that log, splinter, or sliver, it didn't belong in my body, and that's why it hurt. It was a thorn, after all, that felled the mighty lion in the old fable. The slave Androcles happened upon the moaning beast in the forest, removed the thorn from its paw, and bandaged up the wound. The lion befriended Androcles, hunted for him, and brought him food. Years later, now separated, their fortunes had changed. Androcles was led into an arena where the lion, intentionally starved for three days, was expected to devour the slave to satisfy the crowd. That was how maybe thumbs-up emojis from the emperor's followers happened back then. We are told the lion rushed at Androcles, but then stopped when he recognized his old friend. In that instant, he knew Androcles again. He saw himself, too. The lion remembered how he had once been transformed by Androcles' kindness. The lion's gratitude was stronger than the manufactured hunger he had been made to feel. The emperor took notice. He freed the slave and returned the lion to the forest. Thank you, Aesop. Thank you, Sheila. Number two, encounters. For the record, that was the sound of the deli counter at the Italian Center shop downtown on a cold night last week. 34 was my number from the Take a Number ticket dispenser. I have a tick with numbers. They automatically summon the names of athletes who wore them. Fernando Pisani, number 34 for the Oilers. His overtime goal, top corner, game five, Stanley Cup final. Number 34, the clerk called, bringing me back to life. What would you like today? My reply, just some cheese, led to a short masterclass in the virtues of Gruyere cave-aged cult back. In the produce section, a man wearing a McDavid number 97 sweater inspected the pairs. The Oilers had played and lost that afternoon. I asked him how the game went. Everything about it was bad. Goaltending, offense, worst game in a long time, he said. Bad like it used to be, but it's still early in the season, he said. Hockey teams have to ripen too, I said. He laughed. At the checkout, we loaded our haul onto the conveyor belt. Cheese, an apple pie, vanilla ice cream, a frozen rabbit, crusty buns, tomato paste, pepperdelli, potatoes, four pears, fresh thyme. Riding your bike, came a familiar voice from the next checkout. I looked up. It was Bruce from the Emperor's old-timers hockey team I used to skate with at Santa Rosa Arena back in the day. Number two, number three, I couldn't remember his number. We caught up, confirmed we had both hung up the blades, talked about grandparenthood, took a pic together, shook hands, like hockey players in lineups do. I left the store feeling energized by the encounters in speech as abundant as the stock on the shelves that happened at the Italian center downtown, or as some still call it, Spinelli's. 
But what was Bruce's number? That bugged me. Got under my skin. I messaged my friend Leslie, who's married to our team captain, Mitch, number 13, from those glory days. Mitch texted back, quote, Bruce Dixon, number three. He was on our World Masters Games team. We also had Bruce's buddy, Greg Gerdes, number four, playing defense, along with Rick Melnichuk, number 17, and Doug Woodland, number 22. I smiled when I read the text. For Mitch, his old teammates aren't just names, we're numbers. Number three, nothings. For the most part, this podcast concerns the little things that registered or made a mark on me. Little things that actually happened. I got a sliver removed. Aesop dropped by. Sheila and I stopped at the Italian Center. We heard the voice of the smooth skating number three. But things that didn't happen last week were good too. On the ledge between our dining room and kitchen sits a potted blooming cactus from Zocalo. Despite feeling ten times a day the impulse to touch its tiny thorns for no reason, I didn't. One night I placed a glass of water on the table next to my side of the bed far enough away that an errant pillow in the night wouldn't tip it over. That's how spilled water exactly didn't happen. I fumbled the salt bowl as I put it back onto the lower shelf of the kitchen cupboard and somehow deftly caught it before what didn't happen happened, which was the bowl didn't fall and it didn't shatter on the countertop. I drove downtown in red-eyed, inchworm traffic and resolved to not get frustrated, which I did. Int. Didn't get frustrated, I mean. Last week, I didn't misplace my wallet. Yes, I left the house keys in the front door overnight, but they and everything in the house was still there in the morning. I didn't watch a second of the excited state's midterm election night horse race coverage on CNN, even though I admire John King on the magic wall. If I pick holes in myself for the wrong things that did happen, the bad little decisions I make, the shortcuts I take, the things I forget, I will try to give equal coverage to the stuff that, because of a smidgen of foresight or a stroke of luck or the help of others, didn't. Thanks for being out there, friends. See you next time.